Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, and you've just entered the database. Now, for today's issue, as you see in the title, we're, what we're going to talk about is not just about Nivol Peh. Now, what do I mean it's not just about Nivol Peh? Well, from the content that we're going to be discussing, you might get the impression that we're just talking about not having a dirty mouth, not talking about inappropriate things. And right off the bat, I want to dispel that notion and say that we are, we're going to talk about something that is far broader than just the concept of nivel peh and how inappropriate nivel peh is. So what exactly is this conversation about? So I'll start off by saying that this topic was inspired by a prominent feature in Dafyomi this week in Mesechus Pesachim, in our early Dapim. And it's also partially inspired by an issue that came up in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayetze, as I'll get to in a little bit. But it is the concept of having a refined mouth, refined speech. And again, it's not just about nivel peh. Now, what do I mean that it's not just about nivel peh? Well, there is a separate Gemara, and this Gemara is found in Shabbos, Daf Lamed Gimel, where the Gemara talks plenty about the concept of nivel peh, or navlos peh, where the Gemara describes the sin of talking about inappropriate content, such as uh, marital relations between a chassan and a kala. Right? It says that everyone knows what the chassan and kala do when they're alone, but whoever is menavel piv then that person, even if he had sealed 70 years of, of a good decree, doesn't matter. It gets flipped to, to evil. Speaking badly or inappropriately, not just doing, not just speaking it, but the, says the Gemara in Shabbos, even listening to it, it says they deepen his Gehenim. They, they make his Gehenim even deeper. right? So whatever that means, to the extent that you a person would have earned Gehenim for whatever verse he did. So speaking or listening to Nivelpeh will make it deeper. So that's obviously not a good thing. But what we're talking about in the Gemara and Pesachim, the Gemara and Pesachim goes a little bit farther. It's an entirely different sugya. The Gemara there talks about the best way to describe something. So for example, the whole um, a second daf of Pesachim is devoted to explaining the really the whole first um, two dafim is devoted to the to the issue of explaining why does the Mishnah refer to the word um, or refer to night with the word or which means light. All right, so the fact that in English night and light rhyme is not a good reason, and that reason is not given by the Gemara. But the first staff says that on the or of the 14th, on the light of the 14th of Nisan, so that's when the Bidikas um, Chametz takes place. And the Gemara goes back and forth trying to determine if or means day, which is probably what we would have assumed, or if it means night. The vernacular of or, the dialect of or, what does or mean? The connotations of or in the Mishnah. And the Gemara tries to bring proofs back and forth, 
And here we actually see the power of the Talmudic system that after everything, the Gemara proves unequivocally that or in this context means night, which is very, very strange and interesting. The fact that light, the Hebrew word light, means night. And in fact, in Aramaic, that's become the norm that the word a night for in Aramaic is orta, which comes from the word or. Now, again, very strange. Why would you call the night or? It seems ironic. It seems counterintuitive because it's dark during the night. Now, you might say that night is a time where we often try to turn on lights. So maybe, you know, to light a candle, the or haner. So maybe that, um, that's a time where we are making our own lights, perhaps. But the Gemara says that the reason why the night is referred to as or is that it's a Lashan Sagi Nohar. Now, what's a Lashan Sagi Nohar? It's a euphemism. So, for example, what, now what is Sagi Nohar is an expression which means it's like the way we refer to somebody who's blind in the Gemara, we call him Sagi Nohar, which means he has plenty of, plenty of sight, plenty of vision, plenty of light to be able to see. Now, that's a euphemism because obviously a person who's blind is unable to see. He does not have good vision. He does not have good light illuminating the way for him. But we try to say things in a nicer way. So instead of saying Lila or Lail, instead of saying night, we say or, which means light. Now, someone asked me a question recently, or I really it was it was it was in a WhatsApp group and it was on the DAF, and he asked a bunch of you know a bunch of us this question. Like, is saying night a bad thing to say? Is that like a mean, night, not nice thing to say? So, I just pointed out that if you look at Rashi right there, Rashi, in fact, tells us that no, saying night is not a bad thing. Let's look at the Gemara just for a second. The Gemara says, so it says, Lishana ma'aliyahudanaket. It wanted to use a better, a nicer expression. Ma'alia means um, a higher level of an expression. Now, what does that mean? It says, Rabbi ben Levi. It's like Rabbi Shoben Levi said. Rabbi Shoben Levi, Laolam al adam davar mepiv. A person should not ever allow a Dover Maguna, which, which means like a, a, a crude matter, a not nice matter to leave his mouth. The Gemara, um, the Chomish rather, went out of its way to quote unquote waste, um, or to, to add so many extra letters. Eight letters, Velohoti Dover Maguna Mepiv. Shneamar, it says in Parshas Noach famously, Minhabahima Hatahora, Minhabahima Asher Inanatahora. Instead of saying, an animal that was tummy, it said an animal that was not tahor. Now, there are a lot of questions that this Gemara gives rise to, some which the Gemara itself addresses head-on, some which um, are only addressed in the Mepharshim. But again, I want to return to the question that my friend and my colleague asked, which was, I don't get it, like, is, is it a not nice thing to call a night, night, that the Mishnah goes out of its way to call it or? So Rashi, right there, says, no, on the words Dover Maguna, which means a not nice thing to say. So says, says Rashi, Lav Mishum de Lele Dover Maguna. It's not because 
the word night is a not nice thing to say. Rabbi Shuvin Levi in general said you should not say a nice thing. You should, sorry, you should not say a not nice thing. Umihu, continues Rashi, however, we learn from here, Lashon Chachamim, Lachzar, it's the dialect of Chachamim to go after, Lachzar, Achar, Lashon Sach Vinaki, to go after the most pristine and clean Lashon, the most pristine and clean dialect and speech, the most spiritually eloquent way to say something. No, it's not a it's not a crude thing to say the word night. But in our vernacular, at least in the vernacular of Chazal, Chazal made extra efforts to use the least unflattering way to refer to someone or something. Now, again, this is an entirely different sugya than Navalis Peh or Nivel Peh. Being a manuval with your mouth, having a being a low life with your mouth, right? Being a being a manuval. Um, so we find actually in our parsha, this is not what I originally had in mind to connect it to our parsha, but the name Lavan, which seems to reflect that he was white, that he was clean, that there's nothing wrong with him. But if you switch around the letters, you get Naval, which means a low life. Now. That, that that just means that you can't be fooled by Lovun's outer facade and you know, recognize that Lovun was truly a lowlife, even though he had really great speech. But one advantage of Lovun was, in fact, that he had that refined speech. Most of Lovun's rhetoric in the Torah is, in fact, very eloquent. And even if, in, in truth, he was an obnoxious guy, like we spoke about in the Muster Minutes, about how Lovun was an awful person, but a great politician. But one of the advantages of a great politician is he knows how to speak in a refined manner. And, you know, maybe, maybe in politics today it's not, it's, it's not um, felt the same way, but our goal is not to be politicians. But to go after the Lashon Tzach Vinaki, Tzach means it's clean, it's, it's, it's scrubbed clean, Nucky also, that, that it's pure, it's, it's completely purged. Now, the reason why I think this Gemara is so important is, again, this Gemara is not talking about nivalpe. We're not talking about, about using disgusting language or language that is culturally accepted as inappropriate or, or things that are private matters that are not supposed to be said so coarsely and so crudely. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the best and most pristine way to refer to something. We're talking, again, about spiritual eloquence, that you find the best way to say something. The Gemara goes on to talk about how if you can avoid being a bearer of bad news, someone died. And the news has to be communicated somehow. If you can avoid being the one, the Tanayim and the Amorayim, they went out of their way to avoid being the ones to, to be the bearers of bad news. And the Gemara goes as far as to say that if they would have to be the bearer of bad news, they would, they would communicate it in an indirect way. They would say it in a way that they're not really saying it. They would say it in a way that 
Um, so if, if, if one person died and someone asked, how is that person doing? They would almost change the topic and say, how is whoever, how is X doing? So if someone would ask, how is X doing? He'd say, how is Y doing? As if to say, don't ask about X because X isn't doing well. Now, in the same, in the same Dafyomi WhatsApp group, someone asked, how do we apply this like to nowadays? Like, is this something that we should, we should go for? The Gemara also talks about not, uh, you know, they, they would go out of their way to not say the, the three-letter word that's an animal, that's an unflattering animal, that, that's spelled P-I-G. Now, is there something actually wrong with saying the word pig? Now, in many circles, you know, they will completely avoid saying the name of that animal. They will call it Davar Acher, the other thing. And in fact, they get it from the Gemara in Pesachim. The Gemara in Pesachim actually talks about uh, about how they would avoid saying that word, and they would they would call it davar acher. Maybe this uh, speaks to the famous Dvar Torah about Pesach in general. This is Mesachas Pesachim. The Pesach is Pesach, the mouth that speaks. And the Gemara opens up with a conversation about the best way to to use our speech. But again, is it, how, how do we apply these things nowadays? Like some of these things seem very extreme. Um, certainly, from the cultural standpoint, that from where we stand right now, it seems very extreme. But maybe that's actually the entire point. From where we stand right now, we've become so corrupted by our culture, by our surroundings, that certain things, we, we don't shudder when we hear certain things, when we hear certain topics. And you know, that speaks to where we are. It could be, it could be about cursing and using inappropriate language. It could be about speaking about inappropriate topics. But if we are not sensitive to it, if we are desensitized to it, that is not a statement about the extremism of the Gemara, but it's a statement about where we are, where we're holding. It's a statement about how, how far away we've gone. And maybe you can make the argument that Maybe not the entire world around us is completely inappropriate, and maybe they tolerate certain speech, and maybe for them it's okay. But in Yiddishkeit, we try to follow Chazal, right? That what the lashon chachamim is lachzar acher lashon sachvenaki. Maybe our inspiration is supposed to be the lashon chachamim, and not the lashon of derech bnei adam, just the way people talk. Maybe as as Yidin, you know, maybe people won't look at, uh, you know, people won't say if, 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 a, if a Jew, and then maybe we can touch on Nivelpeh a little bit. Let's say a Jew says a curse word. Maybe that doesn't qualify for the Gemara's discussion about Nivelpeh. He just says a curse word, whatever. Now, you know, it's not, not, not one of the worst curse words. It's one of the slight curse words. Or maybe he says something in the not, in, you know, the not nicest way. And maybe in the circles of the, the larger world, maybe in American culture, no one will look at you funny for speaking that way. But that might be a form of a, of a chilol Hashem because at the end of the day, we're supposed to be on a higher pedestal. When we talk, people are supposed to recognize that we have a peh and a lashonaki, that we are not, not, not just that we don't curse, but that our speech has a permeation of spiritual eloquence, that when we talk, we try 
to say things in the absolute nicest way, at the, in the least unflattering way, in the way that reflects the pristineness and the, sensitive, the sensitivity of our own mouths and our thoughts, such that if someone were to utter a bad word in our earshot, we should shudder. And if they should recognize that they said that word in our earshot, we should have the reputation that that person apologizes immediately after because you know, you know, they, they see that, that you're wearing a shaitel and a skirt and you're a, a woman, or they see that, that you have a beard or that you have a yarmulke, and they, they recognize you know, you're a Jew or maybe, they, maybe you're a rabbi or whatever you are, they see you and then they apologize because, oh, like, I shouldn't talk like that in front of this person. The truth is, obviously, they shouldn't talk like that at all. But you should have the reputation where someone looks at you and says, I should speak, I should try to speak with the Lashon Chachamim, Lachzar, Achar, Lashon Tzach Venaki, that we try to say it in the absolute best way possible, that whatever we're talking about, not, 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 again, not, not just about not cursing, but not having any trace of, of a coarse word in our mouth, that we will say even normal things that if we could find a better way to say it, if we could find something more flattering than the word night, to call it the time of light, apparently that's the lesson of this Gemara. Well beyond speaking Nivlepeh, of course, Le'olam, Davar Maguna should never exit your mouth. Says Rashi, that's a general piece of advice. But in this particular Mishnah, we are being, we are being chozer, achar, davar, and aloshon, that is tzach v'naki. The most pristine possible thing, the most pristine possible way that you can say it, that's what a Jew goes for. And here's where we get to the issue in this week's Parsha, besides for Lovin, which we spoke about it little while ago, but we find really fascinatingly that when it comes to the Tamimus of Yaakov Avinu, right, Yaakov Ishtam, Yoshev Ohalim. So Yaakov Avinu says something very strange in this week's Parsha. After working his quota for Lavan, so the Chumash tells us that Yaakov says, my days have been filled. In other words, I've fulfilled my quota. Now, Yaakov continues, says Rashi, the days which my mother had originally designated for me to be out here working and, and, you know, and getting married, he says, I'm already 84 years old. I'm already 84 years old. When am I going to establish the 12 Shvatim, right? This is before Yaakov gets married. V'zehu Amar, and this is what Yaakov meant when he said, I'm going to come to her. In other words, what? Yaakov says to Lavan, okay, give me my wife. So I may come to her. What does that mean? The lotion of Bia, it's a lotion of marital relations. That's very strange. V'halo. He says, even the says Rashi, that's a, that's strange. Is it not true that even the the most degenerate person wouldn't say this? The, the the most light of the light with his tongue wouldn't say something so coarse that give me my wife and I'm gonna I'm gonna come to her? The Lashon of 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 cohabiting, of conjugal relations. 
But says Rashi, continuing, Ella, Lehivalid, Toldos, Omar Kane. This is all for the purpose of begetting generations. In other words, to maybe you and me, we hear those words from Yaakov Avinu, and we're like, wow, that's, that, that, that's pretty blunt. You know, we would, we would expect Yaakov Avinu to speak in a more pristine way. But there are two things that, uh, that I noticed from this Rashi. One, Yaakov is 84 years old, and this is the first time he's getting married. Makes you wonder why a man like Yaakov, or a man, any man, would wait that long. He wasn't sent out of his home to get married until he was age 63. Why did he need his mother and father to go tell him to get married? It you know, took the threat of Esau for him to go get married? Like, that, that's a little funny. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, again, Yaakov is being very blunt. So it's, it's, a very, it's a very coarsely sounding thing to say. But of course, Rashi is defending Yaakov, saying, no, Yaakov's whole intention was that he wants to beget the generations that Hashem um, has designated for him to, to give birth to. So the answer to both these questions, again, why isn't Yaakov going out to get married until he gets the signal from his parents? Apparently, Yaakov ishtam yosheva halim. Yaakov had a tamimus. He was sheltered from the world. And we might look at being sheltered as a negative thing, like, come on, you don't know what's out there. You're not ready to face the world, etc., etc. You know, you need, a, you, need a, you need to learn a thing or two, besides for just Torah. But Yaakov, in his isolation, was very comfortable in his four amos. He was comfortable with the Torah, and he didn't need anything else. Even the biological need and pleasure of, of getting married... He was fine. He was to himself, and he wasn't, he wasn't um, adulterated and infected by the outside culture of Gashmias. When he was given the signal, he went out. And when he went out, he went out with an agenda. And when Yaakov says the words, and I'm going to come to her, to you and me, that sounds really, again, that really coarse, really crude, really blunt. But in fact, when Yaakov Avinu, with his timimus, in his innocence, when he said those words, he meant it as simply as, I need to beget generations to do what Hashem wanted me to do. In other words, for Yaakov, getting married was not something that he did to pleasure himself. It was something he did to fulfill Ratzon Hashem. And what this, I think, demonstrates is if you live a certain pristine kind of life of Tamimus, where you are above and beyond, the Lishna Ma'alia, the Lashon Sach Venaki, forget not talking Nivel Peh, but where you speak in such a way in general, where you live in such a way in general that you are on a higher plateau, where you're sensitive to the things around us, you're not infected by the politics and the culture around us that completely tolerates inappropriate talk. When you're not infected by that, when you're not affected by that and impacted and influenced by that, what ends up happening is your innocent talk carries so much kedusha. It's not just that, that oh, yeah, Yaakov is saying, I, I got to you know, go through the motions to have children now. But it's Yaakov saying, I got to fulfill Ratzon Hashem now. But this is only because Yaakov lives on such a higher plateau. And that's what I think this Gemara is telling us, and what this Rashi in Pesachim is telling us. 
It's that we have to strive for higher. We have to strive for better, strive for more. We can't just say, oh, you know, that's how people are talking. It, you know, if, if we hear, and I think this, this sensitivity, we can be resensitized. We can train ourselves to that. But it starts from saying to ourselves, what do I tolerate? What am I allowing myself to listen to? Am I in a crowd or am I listening to things regularly where I'm becoming desensitized to inappropriate talk? Do I look for the best possible way to say something? Do I jump to be the bearer of bad news? Right, that's another thing. Some people are yentas and they want to go out of their way to, to be the bearer of bad news. I think what we get from this Gemara is that we're supposed to say, you know, how can I talk less and reserve my speech for really holy discussion? Not saying that we shouldn't have discussion about everyday normal things, but what are we taking away from this Gemara? That it wasn't just that the Chachamim didn't speak in Nivalpeh. But again, the Lashon Chachamim is Laksa Achar Davar Tzach Venaki. And I think we, we, should, we should have that aspiration. And Bezra Hashem, it should even be practical for us. And that's all the time we have left for this Real Talk Torah. In the meantime, keep it real. Keep talking, obviously, with a Lashon Tzach Venaki. And most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at the database.